0: You're listening to the Voice of the Future, fighting for America every day. This is the Conservative Crusader, and here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello, and welcome to the Conservative Crusader here on the Red Future Radio Network. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a lot to get to today here on the Red Future Radio Network, here on the Conservative Crusader. But first... I have to tell you about my interview with Neil Peterson. Neil Peterson is a candidate for governor of Ohio. He's an independent candidate for governor of Ohio. And he sat down with me for over an hour. It was about an hour and 10 minutes that we sat down together and talked politics, talked policy, talked his campaign And he's running as an independent. That's important. He's not running as a Republican. He's not running as a constitutional or a conservative party or constitutionalist party, whatever the party's called. He's running independent with an I next to his name. Which means he had to collect over 5,000 signatures to get on the ballot. And I asked him about that. I asked, is he going to be on the ballot? And he's confident that he will be. And I hope that he is. Because what he said, he has a lot of good ideas. He is a smart guy. I can tell that he knows what he's talking about. I can tell he really cares about the state of Ohio more than Mike DeWine, more than Nan Whaley. And I'm excited for you all to hear the the interview. So uh, follow me on social media to see when that comes out. You can go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com, search GOP Josh. I should come up first. If I don't because of Josh Hawley or something, go to the filters, click on channel. I should pop up 62 subscribers at the time of this publishing. Click on the conservative chat with Neil Peterson. Give it a like button or click the like button and turn on notifications. That'll give you notifications when the episode comes out. It'll also be right here on this podcast feed. If you're watching on Spotify, there should be a video version. We're trying that out. Doing a little bit of testing with that, but I'm very excited for the interview. It'll also be on Rumble. That's with Neil Peterson, N-I-E-L. P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N. Neil Peterson. P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N. And that's his website as well, Neilpeterson.com. And I can't wait for the interview to come out. I'm very excited. I, I, I always tease my interviews a few days ahead of ahead of time and I record them on the Thursday before I release them. So there's two or three days there, two, two and a half days pretty much. Where I have this interview, I'm very excited for it to come out, but I can't talk about it really. I can't, I can't leak it. I can't say, well, this is what we talked about. We talked about this, this, and this. No, I, I, I can't leak that stuff. So I'm just sitting here waiting for it to come out, so I can talk about it on the show as well. And I'll probably play clips on Monday, on our Monday edition of the Conservative Crusader. But because, this is the Friday edition, I just spent three minutes of the, pardon me, of the Friday edition talking about the Saturday edition. So we got, we got to move on. To a, to a columnist by the world-renowned Jennifer Rubin. Oh, wrong button. <laughs> I have this new thing on my microphone, you'll see it in my interview, that, that says GOPjosh.com for when I do video interviews, and it covers up my board that tells me uh, what buttons I'm clicking, so that's okay, but... Jennifer Rubin wrote an opinion piece about what we saw last night on every cable news channel minus Fox News, which was the January 6th committee. So, so let's read her key points. She has six key points in the Washington Post, and then we're going to read Wake Up Right, if you don't follow him already, his newsletter. Check that out as well. We're going to read his three key moments as well. So we have Jennifer Rubin's six. We have Wake Up Right's three. The seriousness of the insurrection. Committee Chairman Benny G. Thompson, D. of Mississippi, in his opening remarks, took time to make compelling contrast of Trump to Abraham Lincoln who in the middle of the Civil War was willing to turn over the reins of power if he lost re-election. As Thomas explained, the oath that officeholders must take to to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, was a response of the Civil War. Meanwhile, Representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming quoted from the opinion of the federal judge warning that if the coup plotters were not investigated and held responsible, an attack on the U.S. democracy would happen again. The message was profound and clear. We came frightfully close to losing our democracy and will, again, unless we hold Trump accountable. I'm going to remind everyone listening out there before we move on to Jennifer Rubin point two that America is not, has never been, and hopefully will never be an absolute democracy. What the left wants is they want mob rule. They want 51% of people to be able to rule the 49% and have absolute control over the 49%. 50 plus one will be the, the... reigning power, and they'll be able to make a dictatorship. We have our electoral college system for a reason. So states like California can't override states like Liz Cheney's, like Liz Cheney's Wyoming, but they still have decent representation when it comes to picking the president, when it comes to picking the leaders of Congress, they have the same representation. And thinking America is a democracy, that democracy dies in darkness, America has never been a democracy. And hopefully, unless we elect more people like Liz Cheney, if Jennifer Rubin gets elected to any sort of office, we will be a democracy. And we'll see mob rule, and we'll fall like every other direct democracy in American history or in, in, in world history. The whole plot, so this is a, a quite a long point from Jennifer Rubin. She had a lot to talk about. The challenge for the committee is to tell a coherent story of the entire plot and to dispel the myth that the coup attempt was only about the Capitol assault. The committee has so far succeeded. Its initial telling of the far flung plot, peppered with new da- uh, damning tidbits of Trump's willful percent of power, was breathtaking. <laughs> committee, members, committee members certainly provided a taste of the magnitude of the plot. January 6th was a culmination of a, con- a coup attempt, said Thompson. Cheney promised to outline Trump's seven-part plan to overthrow the election. Her calm, methodical presentation preview, uh, previewed the evidence of the Trump's efforts to pressure state officials, uh, Concord phony electors and induce justice departments to assist in overturning the election. So we talked about how uh, I, I just mentioned it, how Cheney said she would outline Trump's seven part plan. I, I want to mention something else here really quick, interrupting her points again, because I could care less what Jennifer Rubin has to say. There was a teleprompter. Every member of the committee which spoke, which it was only two of them. It was Liz Cheney and it was Benny Thompson were the only two who spoke. Adam Schiff and Jamie Raskin sat there just looking smug. They they talked about it, right? It, but they read off of a teleprompter. And this isn't just like your normal over-the-camera teleprompter. This isn't your normal podium teleprompter that see-through. And you can only see it on one side Has special glass. No, this is a, a TV propped up at a 45 degree angle right in front of the two podiums that were speaking or right in front of the two seats that were speaking you know i'm i'm wondering if this whole we talked about how they hired someone to run this hearing to make it televised the abc news executive is this all planned like was every single bit of that testimony was that testimony that the officer and the documentary, uh, documentary filmmaker were those all planned and, and pre-screened and pre-recorded, not pre-recorded, but pre-screened and and um, what's the word? And written by someone in the Capitol staff to be like, hey, this is what you need to say to hit your talking points. But we're going to move on to point number three by the Jennifer Rubin If Trump has ever to be held criminal. Criminally accountable for the coup attempt, prosecutors will have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he knew what he was doing would be wrong and just and unjustified. Here the committee demonstrated there may be ample evidence of that. Trump was repeatedly told his vo- claims of voter fraud were bogus. New video of former Attorney General William B. P. Barr's testimony to the committee showed that he told Trump his fraud claims were bull, bleep, and complete nonsense. In addition, a sample of testimony from other Trump officials showed claims of fraud were repeatedly debunked and ridiculed. Justice Department officials in the White House Counsel threatened to quit if Trump persisted in deploying the lie to retain power. Officials told Trump it was illegal to pressure former Vice President Pence to overthrow the election for him, etc., etc. I'm not reading the rest of that. People said Trump knew beyond a reasonable doubt that what he said was going to lead to an insurrection. I'm going to play a clip. It's a 16-second clip, 17-second clip. And I'm going to play it. I'm going to let it speak for itself.
1: I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building. To peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections.
0: Peacefully and patriotically.
1: I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard.
0: Peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. That's important. That's an important clip that they left out of the hearing. I watched the entire hearing. I watched from the minute the first gavel struck to where Benny Johnson declared them adjourned. So so her fourth point is the shocking violence on January 6th. They showed video from news camera style cameras. You could tell they were high quality cameras meant to capture moving images where they were inside the building. These news cameras were inside of the building. The, the security cameras were there as well. But they had video of a small group of people breaking in windows and going into the building. Something they didn't show was Ashley Babbitt, the Air Force veteran that was shot in cold blood for going into the Capitol and telling people that they shouldn't enter and trying to keep people from going on in further. Doing the job of the police, the police did not succeed in doing, and she was shot dead in cold blood. I don't want you to forget that, and I don't think that needs to be. I think that needs to be remembered that Ashley Babbitt tried to do what was needed to be done. Her family did not testify. I don't believe they were invited to testify. But Carolyn Edwards, who was abused and injured that day, made clear that no reasonable person could doubt the crowd's viciousness and anger. Filmmaker Nick Quested. Testified that the mob appeared well organized. This was no spontaneous uprising. I'm going to dispute that. This January 6th riot, the people who went inside the building, who broke the glass, who took, pardon me, the flags down, who who broke into the doors, who who bombarded the barricade, the people who planned that out, if there was planning, which I cannot confirm there was a p- actual planning to, to do so, But if so, the people who were planning it are the only people who knew about that plan. The average American who is there to stop a stolen election from being certified, like our guest tomorrow, Neil Peterson, he was there. He had the FBI show up to his door. He mentioned that in the show, and I didn't have time to go into that further. They weren't there to bombard the Capitol. They weren't there to break into the doors, to go into the Senate chamber, to to this and that. That's not what they were there for. They were there to make their voices heard when it comes to a stolen election. And I'm going to play a clip here. There, there, you remember the, the bullhorn QAnon guy that had 40, 41 years in, or 41 months in, in prison for going to the Capitol? I want to remind you of these, these dangerous, violent insurrectionists that, that stormed the Capitol building.
1: Hey! Fucking A, man. Oh, I forgot there was glad swearing. These guys. guys are fucking patriots. Oh, okay.
0: Guy. Okay. We're, we're gonna stop that. I forgot there were swearing in. I forgot to bleep it. Oops. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna commentate it for you. Hey man. Um glad to see you guys. You guys are patriots. Look at this guy. He's got covered in blood. God bless you. Um you good, sir? I'm good. Alright, thank you. I got shot in the face. I got shot in the face with some kind of plastic bullet. Then here's the here let me make sure this is there's captions. Let me make sure there isn't. Okay. I think from this point on, there's no swearing, so we should be okay. A plastic
1: bullet. Any chance I could get you guys yeah. to leave the Senate wing? We will. I, I've been making sure I ain't disrespecting the place. Okay, just want to Sorry. let you guys know this is like the <laughs>
0: sacredest place. I know, I know. Toe Mater was in the Capitol on January 6th. It sounded like uh, what's his what's his name? Uh, the 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 cable guy, Larry the cable guy. Those are the people who received 41 years and in, in or 41 months in federal prison for for bombarding in January 6th. The cooperation of so many Republicans, yada yada, and then government at, his, at its best is her final point. I'm not reading the rest of those. Here are the three points from a right-wing paper from Wake Up Right, which I will link in the description of this podcast. Um, It's here. Three key moments from the J6 committee hearing. Opening statements. Rep. Benny Thompson, Thompson. Thompson's Yeah, Thompson opened the hearings by saying Donald Trump, the president of the United States, spurred a mob of domestic enemies of the Constitution to march down to the Capitol and subvert American democracy. And he said, remember that Trump told the crowd to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard.
1: I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard.
0: According to testimony from one of of Trump's aides, when protesters chanted to hang Mike Pence for refusing to challenge the election results, Trump responded, maybe our supporters have the right idea. He deserves it. So let's, I had this tab open, I must have closed it on accident, of President Trump on Truth Social where he talked about this. He's he's been blowing up Truth Social talking about this. And I'm trying to find the exact truth I was talking about Earlier, where it came to the Mike Pence, I never said or even thought of saying hang Mike Pence. This is either a made up story by someone looking to become a star or fake news. And that's what President Trump said on Truth Social about that. The third one, Bill Barr opposed Trump's election claims. The J-6 committee aired closed door testimony from Trump's former Attorney General Bill Barr, who spoke about Trump's election challenges, saying, I told the president it was BS. I didn't want to be a part of it. They followed with video of Ivanka Trump saying, I respect Attorney General Barr, so I accepted what he said. The panel has interviewed more than a thousand witnesses and obtained thousands of hours of video footage, and these were the worst pieces they could bring to the American people, to quote a former president, sad. Here's uh, Trump on Truth Social, because he wasn't at the hearing. He was mentioned a lot, but he wasn't at the hearing. Ivanka Trump was not involved in looking at or studying election results. She had long since checked out and was, in my opinion, only trying to be respectful to Bill Barr and his position as attorney general. He sucked. That's what President Trump said about that specific hearing, and I'm not playing clips from it. I'm not I'm not going to spend my airtime, my limited airtime, here on the Conservative Crusader on the Red Feature Radio Network playing you clips from this hearing. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go through my time. I'm not going to go through two hours of footage to pull out the worst moments from, from the Democrats on the committee. Like they did for us. I'm not going to pull their, their strings. I'm not going to do their methods. Right. So, so, so we have here, we have a taxpayer funded committee made to politicize and hurt a former president's possible political narratives and possible political campaigns. And they, they, I have some notes here because I, I wrote my notes while I was watching this. I watched some of it last night and finished it up this morning. There were about 250 to 300 Proud Boys. That's what the documentary filmmaker said. That's what Benny Thompson himself said. Let's actually put his name, I I, I spelled his name right, okay. Benny Thompson himself said was that there were 200 to 300 Proud Boys at the rally. The Oath Keepers were there as well. They didn't mention Patriot Front by the way, which was their attempted group, which I think were feds. But 250 Proud Boys planned to go into the Capitol, supposedly, reportedly. There were over a million people at the Capitol on January 6th. I think it's probably closer to 2 million people. The amount of people who went out there to fight for Trump, fight for election integrity is actually unbelievable. It's unfathomable. I I, I wasn't there. I I, kind of wish I would have been there from a distance just to see the crowd. It was incredible. But I digress. I mean, there were 250 to 300 people who went into the Capitol or who, who planned to go into the Capitol supposedly. And they're trying to criminalize every single Trump supporter and think that Trump had anything to do with that. If he was meeting with the Proud Boys, that would have been mentioned last night. I'm just going to say that right there. I want to mention how I I mentioned the teleprompter earlier. Benny Thompson cannot read off a teleprompter to save his life. I'm not the best public speaker. I'm not the best reader, but he's a sitting member of Congress leading the the largest committee right now, the, the January 6th committee on primetime television. He can't read off the teleprompter. Maybe someone else should be the chairman. Give Shifty Shift the chairman position. Give Jamie Raskin the chairman position. Give Adam Kinzinger the chairman position. But he compared January 6th to 9-11. They took the clips. They paused it they to to, to highlight part of the clip. They, they paused it. They switched to another clip as soon as something good started to happen. They did a lot of editing, and they did a pretty good job editing it to make it look crim, uh, criminalizing. They, they went through and they had these thousands of hours of testimony, right? Thousands of hours. And they found where some of the proud boys that were required to testify said, you know, I liked what President Trump had to say. I, I think that him calling us here, supposedly, is not a bad thing. They took that and ran. They took that and ran with it. And it, it's actually incredible. And I want to know, where was Ashley Babbitt's family? We had the Capitol Police family. We had the family of those who, who the, the police officers who were injured in the riot, right, who, who died days after it. The only person who died in the Capitol on January 6th was Ashley Babbitt. Where was her family? Why was her family not there to testify? Why was her family not there to to say their truths, to use the left term, to to, to use the terms of the left? Why were they not there to defend their daughter, defend their mother, defend their family, defend their, their sister? A, an, an Air Force veteran died at the Capitol on January 6th while telling people not to go into the Capitol. She was inside telling people to not go in. And it, in that heat of the moment, I'd imagine they'd they listen more to someone else on their side than they would the Capitol Police upholding a stolen election. But I digress, In Ashley Babbitt, never forget Ashley Babbitt, never forget Ashley Babbitt. How did Greg Kelly from Newsmax put it? He's quite the guy, Greg Kelly. Uh, Caroline, um, what was her name? I don't know what her last name was. Edwards, I believe. Her her breath while she was testifying was catching in her throat. A hundred feet away, Ashley Babbitt was shot in the throat. Uh, Caroline, um, Edwards said that she saw blood. Ashley Babbitt was bleeding out as she was dragged backwards out of that building. She's the one who lost her life on January 6th. She is not here to testify her family should be there in her place testifying on behalf of her, protecting her legacy, protecting their daughter, protecting their sister, protecting their family. My name is GOP Josh. We missed our break about 10 minutes ago. But I do have to talk about how Biden's approval rating has sunk 22% among young adults and 24% among Hispanics. Oh, that's, it hasn't sank that much. That's what how much it's at. It's, it's felt like 70%. And there is some fraud or some some fraud claims, some some legal claims in the J.D. Vance campaign for U.S. Senate. My name is J.P. Josh. Be right back after this here on the Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Make sure you follow me on social media. I'm on Truth Social, GOP Josh, as well as Gab, Getter, Parler, Telegram, uh, GOP Josh 20 on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, GOP Space Josh on Facebook. So there are some groups that have accused Mr. J.D. Vance himself, the Republican nominee for Senate in Ohio in a state he's lived in for, for four years, of a super PAC illegally providing info to the U.S. Senate campaign. So so there's a lot of tight election laws when it comes to super PACs, when it comes to funding, when it comes to especially statewide campaigns. There's a lot of laws, a lot of restrictions. But a, a super PAC, the the Protect Ohio Values PAC, which is pretty much the the entire advertising wing of the J.D. Vance campaign, unofficially or officially, and you know they, the ads always say not endorsed by any candidate or candidates' committee because it has to say that. Because it's supposedly not supposed to be endorsed by a candidate, by a candidates' committee. Because there's a lot of restrictions on campaigns. There's a lot of restrictions on on the the principal funding committee. I can't remember the, the proper term. But there's a lot less restrictions on super PACs. So there are PACs for for, for specific candidates. Uh, there's Save America for for Trump's 2024 campaign. Um, other campaigns have them, too. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But a, a super PAC bankrolled by tech magnate uh, Peter Thiel illegally provided resources to J.D. Vance's U.S. Senate campaign to propel him to victory in the U.S. GOP primary. A new complaint alleges. Two watchdog groups filed the complaint with the Federal Elections Commission on Monday claiming that Protect Ohio Values used a Medium website, which is that, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's like a blog website for people who... Write blogs, I guess, um, but it's used like J- Joe Joe Biden's campaign had one, and if you look at the POV website, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of B-roll files. There's polling. There is a lot more in here as well. Um, yeah, that's that's what's going on here, but supposedly there's some big problems inside of this medium website. To circumvent rules that prevent coordination between campaigns and super PACs with Thiel's backing Protect Ohio Values spent millions to boost Vance in the contentious primary contest. The website at the center of the complaint was revealed by Politico on the day of the primary. The super PAC published information there for months highlighting polls, research video B-roll, and other materials. There was even a document detailing Vance's campaign vulnerabilities, but it was removed after Politico published the story. In October 2021, the author said Thiel's initial $10 million contribution gave the super PAC an opportunity to do, new, to do new things and break new ground. The complaint contends that the vision resulted in lawbreaking. This abuse is perhaps one of the clearest and most fl- flagrant examples of a candidate in a super PAC skirting campaign finance laws. T- Tiffany Mueller, president of End Citizens United, one of the groups that filed the complaint, said. Federal... A law allows super PACs to spend unlimited sums of independent expenditures that don't go to candidates. So so their ads that say vote JD Vance on May 3rd because he's endorsed by Trump. Those those are allowed. That's not going directly to the candidate. It's just giving him some name recognition across the state. In their complaint, in Citizens United and the campaign legal center. Okay, so I, I forgot this part. Direct contributions to candidates campaigns are capped at twenty nine per election for an individual and five thousand for PACs. So protect Ohio Valley Protect Ohio Values could have given a, a maximum a maximum of five thousand dollars financially to the J.D. Vance campaign. In their complaint, In Citizens United and the Campaign Legal Center said the materials on the Medium website were essentially contributions from Protect Ohio Values that went unchecked. So um, it's not surprising that the press learned about this meritless complaint by a Democrat dark money group and its allies before we did said Luke Thompson, a GOP strategist who ran Protect Ohio Values. This pathetic fundraising ploy by some of D.C.'s biggest hypocrites will come to nothing because we followed all applicable laws, and that will go down in a court of law to, f- to really find out and see what happened there. I really hope that J.D. Vance didn't have any problems. He, he wasn't my choice in the Senate race. I'm not a big fan of him. He's, I'm skeptical of him. I'm allowed to be skeptical of him. I, I'm allowed to be skeptical of any politician. I supported, and I'm not afraid to say it, I supported Mark Bukita in the primary. But I am prepared to support J.D. Vance in the general. Do I think he's the best candidate? No. Do I think there's an independent running is better than him? No. Do I think Tim Ryan is better than him? Definitely not. Definitely not. So I hope there there aren't problems causing him to be disqualified from the ballot or worse. Because we, we can't have a Senator Tim Ryan. We can't have a Tim Ryan in another seat for six years back in Congress for another six years. We can't have that. In our final story for today, Biden's approval rating sinks to 22% among young adults. That's one in every five young adults approve of Joe Biden. I know I'm one of them that doesn't. (laughs) Approval of President Joe Biden's job performance slipped to just 33%. In a poll released Wednesday by Quinnipiac University, even as key Democratic voting blocs, such as young people and racial minorities, give the president a big thumbs down. The survey conducted June 3rd through 6th found that 22% of Americans age 18 to 34 approve of Joe Biden's performance, the lowest rating of any age group. Just 24% of Hispanic voters and 49% of black voters say they approve of Joe Biden's work. Although elected with the most votes in U.S. history... Biden's support cratered about seven months into office during the chaotic U.S. pull-up from Afghanistan and remained low as inflation and violent crime spike. He had the Afghanistan failure. He had the... The, um... yeah, Yeah, Afghanistan. He had the border. He has inflation. Gas prices. Food prices. People can't afford to live in Biden's America. And young people in college who only voted for him to expect free college... Young people only expected free college. That's why they voted for him. Let's be honest. They are hurt the worst by Joe Biden's failures. So why would they still approve of him? They want someone farther left. They wanted Bernie Sanders. They wanted Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But Joe Biden is who they have and they don't and they don't approve. And I don't think this is a good thing for Republicans. I just think it means that the Democratic Party... As people get older and as older people like Joe Biden eventually stop voting, if if they do legally stop voting, they go away. The Democratic Party is going to get more left wing. And I don't think it's going to pick up any more support, but I do think that if they do get support, it will hurt us even worse. and It'll hurt the country even worse. So Joe Biden has a low approval among young people. Um... There's some more in this poll as well. In the new poll, 64% of responders say they disapprove of Biden's handling of the economy and 34% said inflation is the most pressing national issue. Annual inflation was above 8% in March and April, which critics blame on Biden's policies. Nearly as many respondents, 59%, said they disapprove of Biden's handling of gun violence, a term that covers both rising violent crime in major cities and recent mass shootings in Buffalo and Uvalde, Texas. The poll found 57% support stricter gun laws and 92% supporting Support for requiring background checks on all gun buyers. Like I said, these are people who want more left-wing policies than Joe Biden's willing to offer them. These are people who want more left-wing policies than Joe Biden is proposing. And his Congress is proposing. Whoever's controlling Biden, whoever's pulling the puppet strings, has the Democratic Party under their, under their wing. Outside of the fringe like the squad, they have um, Nancy Pelosi, they have Chuck Schumer, they have the majority in every Congress. So of course they're blaming Joe Biden for these failure policies. These things hurting them even worse. But they want further left wing policy. They want a um they they want background checks. They want stricter gun laws. And that's not going to help us in the future, but it does show that Biden's approval is falling. And it's going to fall even more because he's not doing anything. He's not doing anything he promised in his campaign. He never has. He never will because he can't win if he does what he says because it's just too left wing. He won by by saying what he said, but he's not going to do it. He's not going to win independence by doing some of the things he's promised. And because of that, his approval is falling. And I think the youth knows, just like I know, that if Bernie Sanders was the Democratic nominee and he had the same fraud that Biden did, there would have been a lot more favorable left-wing youth policies put in place because he would have whipped the caucus around him. And he's not a Democrat. He's an independent who caucuses with the Democrats, but he would have whipped the caucus around him. He would have gotten Joe Manchin to to do what he needs to do. And I, I don't know on certain things, but he would have done what he could have done. Biden hasn't done anything um, Kamala Harris hasn't done anything. The, the Democratic majority hasn't done a thing on their agenda. So that's about it for today's special episode of the Conservative Crusaders. Today's isn't special, but what is special is tomorrow's episode with Neil Peterson. I'm going to play this clip. For those of you who stuck all the way to the very end of the episode, I'm going to play a clip of Neil Peterson's interview with me. And This is going to sound like I'm stroking my ego, but I want you to hear the kind of guy that, that I interviewed. I want you to hear the kind of guy that I spoke to for an hour this is a minute-long clip of him talking to me about me and how kind he is and how personable he is and how everything like that. I want to play the clip right here. Play clip here Josh, on the clip. I'll tell
1: you what. I met you maybe, what, a couple months ago, and uh, I've kind of seen you with your program, and I am absolutely but Josh, it represents— Oh, we had a little bit of a technical issue here months ago and uh, i've kind of seen you with your program and i am absolutely impressed i'm honored to be on your show you are going to lead this entire industry at some point with true integrity And honesty, what you've been able to accomplish at your age is nothing more than astonishing. But, Josh, it represents the American dream that as you have put forth the work and the dedication and the information that you have consumed is going to make you one of the top leaders in the nation and uh, with with politics and just your personality. So it's a great, great honor to be here with you,
0: Josh. This candidate is so personable. So. So, what's the word? Uh, articulate that he is able to to leave me speechless in in the first five minutes of the interview. And the rest of the interview is like that. He's so good at what he does. He's so good at saying what he believes, in. he's so his his plans he outlines so nicely. And I cannot wait for you to hear that tomorrow. It's on my YouTube channel, Rumble. Or wherever you get your podcast, including right here on the Conservative Crusader, gopjosh.com, on the Red Feature Radio Network. I don't have anything else to say besides follow me on social media. My name is GOP Josh here on the Red Feature Radio Network. Have a great weekend. Watch my interview with Neil Peterson and stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader.